Welcome to How to Intensify Your Bioprocess in Six Episodes, an exciting new podcast series brought to you by The Medicine Maker in partnership with Cytiva. Over the course of six episodes, we'll be discussing everything from digitalization, continuous manufacturing and protein A capture to get you off to a flying start on your own bioprocess intensification journey. Hello there, James Strachan here, Deputy Editor of The Medicine Maker. I'd like to welcome you to our new podcast series with Cytiva, where we will intensify your bioprocess in six episodes. Uh, so to kick things off, I'm joined by Bill Whitford, who is a strategic solutions leader in bioprocess for Cytiva. Bill has over two decades of experience in biotechnology, product and process development. Uh, he joined the company as an R&D leader, developing products supporting protein and vaccine production. And he has commercialized hybridoma, perfusion cell media, bed batch supplements, um, among many others, I'm sure. So thank you very much for joining me, Bill. Thanks, James. It's nice to meet you, and I'm happy to be here today. So the theme for this podcast series is bioprocess intensification. Uh, so to set the scene, you know, I've heard quite a few people talk about uh, bioprocess intensification in terms of product quality. Sometimes people talk about it in terms of you know, producing more product. Uh, what does bioprocess intensification mean to you? Generally, it's pretty much understood that we're trying to improve the process, but precisely what bioprocess intensification means is kind of a, a sticky question. We're seeing so many new biological products uh, that are supporting diverse uh, analytics, diagnostics, therapeutic applications, uh, that it, it, it breaks down into a question of precisely where the applications are. There are also many new process uh, supporting technologies and related science technologies and systems that come into play. There are many new process development techniques as well as platforms, equipment, facilities that can complicate the question of precisely where we're applying this and how. Um, to some, it's most any improvement, including higher product quality uh, or regulatory ease. Uh, but for other people, they narrow it down to uh, the question of intensifying or improving production, of making more product per, per cell or time or volume or footprint of the instrument or, or platform or more product per cost of producing the product. But many people narrow down the definition to making more product per one of these metrics. And used this way, uh, it, it would in, then imply that the way to do this is to increase the cell-specific or volumetric or facility productivity. So I myself see prior process intensification as increasing um, uh, productivity by most any metric. So it seems there's uh, quite a bit more to the, the definition of uh, bioprocess intensification than one might expect. Um, you know, so with that in mind, what would be your kind of elevator pitch if someone was, were to ask, uh, you know, why is it important? Why should, uh, why should I care about it? Well, there are many uh, evolving industry trends, such as uh, biosimilar licensing competition, uh, in-country, for-country production, uh, things like the capabilities afforded by single-use production systems and more modular prefabricated systems that are contributing to uh, a need for more process economy and efficiency. Uh, and from another perspective, there are many different industry sectors that are active in bioproduction these days, uh, and they perceive a need to produce large quantities of products uh, for, 
for different reasons. Uh, for example, because of uh, uh, dosing concerns or uh, global demand. Um, and these are all contributing towards a desire for increased productivity per one of many metrics. Uh, because bioprocessing presents such challenges as high labor and material costs and, and the demand for extensive experimental efforts, uh, the opportunity here is, is rather large. Uh, finally, I'd say the maturity of the industry is a factor. Uh, often there's a pressure early on in product uh, development and release. There's a, there's a pressure to develop a, a functional first-generation process, even for preclinical pre material. Uh, and only later does attention turn to uh, such goals as process robustness, uh, efficiency, as, we, as we're concerned about in intensification, uh, and, and even other uh, uh, parameters such as sustainability or uh, a circular economy support. Uh, let's talk about some of the options that are available to intensify your bioprocess. And I was thinking, you know, before we get into the kind of nitty gritty, what would you say are the, the low-hanging fruits? Like what are some of the first steps someone might be able to take to, to intensify? Uh, well, yeah, there are some uh, early first steps that, that have become popular. Uh, this is in the context of the many different entities that are being developed these days and the many different platforms people are using. But uh, there are some commonalities. Uh, for example, single-use systems uh, give many productivity and financial benefits, um, you know, like faster to market, um, less capital and operating costs, uh, contributing to a smaller footprint and providing greater flexibility. Uh, I think two of the most important uh, factors for single use that, that aid in, in process intensification are the shorter turnaround times and reduced uh, utility demands. Um, another would be uh, applying uh, verified materials from compliant vendors. Uh, one of the easiest ways to get some early success is to employ a, a medium that's been optimized, a cell culture medium that's been optimized for your particular process or mode. Uh, you know, the optimal composition of a cell culture media can, uh, for this very same cell line, can vary uh, depending on how what the process is demanding from it, whether you're in batch or fed batch or perfusion. So the same uh, uh, platform, the same cell line, can use a, a very different uh, formulation optimized for the particular mode. So let's say you were, um, you know, speaking to a, uh, manufacturing manager in a, a big farmer or a large CDMO, uh, and they're fairly on the ball, so they they might know about you know the benefits of single use or uh, you know different cell line platforms. Uh, is there anything else they might not think about, or um, yeah, something that um, would be beneficial, but they really just haven't come across, or you don't commonly find people asking about? Uh, yes, there are, there are a couple areas that that, uh, that your question applies to. Um, one is I see that both suppliers and manufacturers are discovering that uh, when they intensify a process, it can have uh, collateral effects that weren't anticipated in the original design. Um, for example, many programs under the you know process intensification umbrella not only increase productivity by some uh, unit of measure that has been previously engineered, but it can also coincidentally or serendipitously uh, reduce environmental stress. Uh, one example of this is when you employ uh, perfusion to increase the density of the cell culture uh, early on in the process train. It allows you to skip an N minus X cycle 
an entire cycle of uh, smaller bioreactor or culture culture vessel uh, in expanding your your uh, culture. Uh, this not only saves time and expense and contributes towards this process intensification, but it can eliminate an entire cycle of materials, cell culture media, uh, single-use products. And in, and in eliminating that cycle, for example, of the single-use products, you're uh, aiding the, the sustainability of the process. You're reducing the total environmental burden created by an entire cycle of that process. So that's a... a, a a nice unanticipated uh, advantage in process uh, intensification. If we uh, turn to the future, then, um, and we were talking earlier about uh, you know the, the, the biologicalization of manufacturing before we hit record here. I mean, we've also got things like digitalization and, and Industry 4.0. How do you see all these trends sort of feeding into the future of uh, bioprocess intensification? Well, um, bioprocessing itself presents some unique challenges, and we see that um, because it's dependent on living systems, and there are such there's such a complexity in, in especially mammalian um, uh, metabolisms and and regulatory systems that uh, th that there is a difficulty in truly understanding and controlling the process the way we'd like to in, for example, a chemical reactor. Uh, we're often using surrogate measurements and uh, process parameters that are indicative of a good process, but aren't uh, from a mass balance or uh, from, from a true scientific understanding of what it is we want to control. Um, and, and this uh, creates a challenge in intensifying or improving the process because we're really not sure uh, some of the primary steps are, that are involved in the, uh, the, the, the step that we're uh, concerned about. Um, so things like improved monitoring and even uh, soft sensors and uh, in, in improving the, the, um, the, the nature of the, uh, the monitoring process itself, whether it's an intrinsic probe or moving towards uh, what, what um, people now are, are um, interested in is near real-time uh, description of the product itself. Look, using uh, mass spec, for example, uh, in a near real-time way to look at glycoforms and post-translational processing uh, so that we can in consider, even in process control, the quality of the product as it's uh, being secreted. So, uh, so because of the complexity of, of biomanufacturing, of the process itself, the, the, uh, the fact that we can't often monitor directly the particular uh, uh, chemical events that are important, uh, but we have to use these surrogate measurements or soft sensors, um, this, is, this is one of the pressures that we have to deal with. But because of the fact that we're getting many more um, uh, physical chemical approaches to monitoring the, uh, the reactor itself, for example, we're understanding we're, through AI and through um, digital techniques, we're able to deconvolute the, the kind of messy uh, spectral uh, scans that we get in trying to look at either primary or secondary metabolites. Uh, we can tease out um, more individual uh, constituents, uh, either levels of primary or, 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 or products from the cell, understand more about it, we can have more precise control. Uh, as we interface that with our increasing knowledge of cell metabolism.
Well, what's the most interesting question uh, or surprising question that you've uh, been asked in, in your role? Well, I think that uh, something that, that is rather surprising to me is the slow speed with which biopharma has been incorporating many newer technologies uh, from from newer monitoring approaches, newer cloning um, uh, techniques, uh, newer um, high throughput process development capabilities. Um, a lot of the industry 4.0 uh, paradigm that's been incorporated very rapidly in other uh, manufacturing areas has been slower in, in biomanufacturing. And a lot of that's understood to be because of the regulatory nature, the severe regulatory nature of the manufacturing and the fact that it's uh, for human use and, and the industry tends to be conservative. Um, but so th this is something that uh, has been a struggle, but um, but you can imagine that that the modern digital power can significantly empower many tools that I've already described in process intensification. Uh, and one interesting um, development that that people are working on to solve this is I'm on a team that Xavier University has put together to develop what they're titling the AI maturity model. And it's a uh, formal uh, structured um chart or, or, or mechanism to assess the status of your um, operations, of your, of your actually entire company, to assess their status uh, in the acceptance of AI, uh, what your current level of understanding is, what your current level of implementation is. And the nice thing about it is it's not only a way of measuring your current status, but it's then um, uh, very instructive or pedagogic. It can help you to understand where you want to go by seeing that you're in level two and there are three levels ahead of you. Uh, it not only tells you that you're a little bit behind, but it kind of gives you the direction of how to improve your capability, in this case of em employing artificial intelligence. But the same type of, um, of, of rigor can be applied to other uh, Industry 4.0 or digital uh, technologies to help biomanufacturing uh, get, get on board and help us to um, run our industry more like Tesla or, or automated cars that um, uh, are, are operating with, not, that are being manufactured with newer technologies and that are um, uh, enjoying the consequences of some of this industry 4.0 uh, developments. To finish up then, you know, on the whole, are you quite uh, optimistic about the, the, the future of uh, you know, the, the levels of uptake we're going to see, even given the, you know, the, the wide ranging sort of current uptake or the, the diversity in the field at the moment. Yes, I am. I, I would say that 10 years ago, we were uh, way behind and rather flat footed. But now we've also introduced the concept of sustainability. I see uh, biopharm and biopharmaceutical suppliers very interested in incorporating uh Industry 4.0, digital techniques, some of the newer um, process control capabilities, um, things such as the uh, as a digital twin, that is a, a an in silico representation of a physical mod of a physical manufacturing process. Uh, the, these concepts, these ideas are are now rather ubiquitous. Uh, and as I said, I think we're behind other areas of the other industries, but uh, I see it as on the table now that I see a lot of progress going on. And so it is an exciting time. I wouldn't have said that maybe 10 years ago, uh, but right now, yes, 
it, we're, we're starting, we're moving. And one final point on it, and that is that we see regulatory agencies, rather than uh, being a drag, rather than being a, a an inhibiting the process, uh, we see regulatory agencies encouraging and challenging uh, uh, biomanufacturing, biopharmaceutical manufacturing to incorporate some of these newer approaches, such as uh, perfusion-based continuous manufacturing. Um, so that's that's exciting. Uh, another exciting element to the whole scene. Well, I think that just about uh, covers it. I think we've got a really nice introduction to uh, bioprocess intensification with uh, a lot to think about um, regarding the future. I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to uh, mention, Bill, or, or do you think we've uh, covered it? Well, I just just to reiterate the last point that it's an exciting time. It and this isn't just advertising. This is a particularly exciting time for biomanufacturing because people are just getting started in some radical new uh, approaches to platforms, to process control, to pro- to high throughput process development, and it's a good time to uh, be interested in this topic. All right, well, thanks, Bill. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Well, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that was uh, informative. And I hope you can join us for the next installment of How to Intensify Your Bioprocess in six episodes.